You're listening to Team Talk on ESPN Radio, 1017, The Team. And welcome back to Team Talk, ESPN Radio, 1017, The Team. Sam Hauser, Scott Galetti, and joining us now on the Daniels Plumbing, Heating, and Air Conditioning Cool Take Hotline is Micah Frankel. Find his work at Caged Minds. You also hear him Saturday mornings here on ESPN Radio, 1017, The Team, with Mike Adams, 9 to 10 a.m. So, Micah, you are in Vegas. All this is going down. Uh, a little over 48 hours from now, UFC 285. Paint a picture for us, if you would. Heavyweight John Jones, who's coming out of the shadows for the first time in three years, now going up a weight class to heavyweight. Just how different how different he looks, if, if it even is that much different. Well, right now, I am a couple hundred feet away from where the press conference is wrapping up inside the KA Theater, inside of MGM brand, and we're getting everyone, the public, their first opportunity to see what full figure John Jones looks like, 250 pounds to me, bigger, thicker arms, a little more meat around that midsection. He said even to his disappointment, he's had to get over the sorrows of no longer having the six-pack, bigger legs, a thicker athlete that he doesn't look like you're over the top, Lee, big heavyweight. He claims to be John Jones, thick and solid as an athlete. He said that he has dedicated time to endurance, to powerlifting, that he is wanting to make this move in the right manner. So, from all signs, physically, mentally, everything is looking good from seeing John Jones. And Surreal Gone is as big as ever, looking calm looking confident, and looking like he can handle the pressure of the moment of everything that's in lead-up for having space to go inside the octagon. And everything that you just mentioned there about John Jones is why I'm cautiously optimistic. I do want to talk about the fight, the matchup with Cyril Gaon as well, but just I'm, I'm so curious, Micah, just not even him coming back and, and going up a weight class to heavyweight, just... The last three years, there's still been some of you know what's kind of followed John Jones along the way, and it sounds like he's doing all the right things and he's fully locked back in. You know, Bones, John Bones Jones is still in there somewhere. I've kind of wondered for a little while, like what the motivation was beyond wanting to come in heavyweight, get the shot he wanted, you know, maybe stick it to Dana White a little bit, but beyond that, just for him, for the sake of his own self what the motivation has been, but from what you're telling me, it sounds like he's doing all the right things to get himself back to being Bones. He is, and, and motivation, talk about motivation. This is a man who has talked about changing his life, rededicating, uh, is really big into religion right now. During the press conference several times, he has mentioned his Lord and Savior. So John Jones seems to have at least mentally, emotionally, spiritually turned a corner in an avenue. And we talk about what's the motivation. There's the GOAT. There's cementing the legacy. That is all obvious. John has also been very vocal recently about wanting to be that role model. To show guys, you can make the wrong mistake and turn your life around, and you can come back from walking that proverbial plank that it's never too late. So John looks like somebody that's shown remorse, contrition, and that he is ready to take his place and be a leader. So these all show a lot of growth within the man that John has become in these last three years, as we know, and he has pointed out, imperfect as he is and how some of his actions may have been. 
Micah Franco with us here on Team Talk ESPN Radio 1017. The team, he's at the MGM Grand in Vegas ahead of UFC 285. The press conference is going on. The face-offs going on here in about 10 minutes. And I wanted to, I want to get a little bit too, Micah, into the co-main event as well. Anytime Valentina Shevchenko steps into the octagon, there's going to be eyes on that one as well. But this matchup for John with, with Cyril Gaon, I have to imagine, I, when I first saw that this was going to be the matchup, I mean, never mind, even just putting the jump to heavyweight aside, putting away the side you know that's been three years, this one seems like a, a, a tricky matchup for him just getting back into all this. Because Cyril Gaon is not your typical heavyweight, you know, one punch and done kind of guy. Cyril Gaon is about as you know balanced a heavyweight fighter as there is out there. It's why, you know, he went the distance with Francis Ngannou, why he's in this mix for the for the title belt. It was going to be enough of a challenge in itself for, for John to get back in the octagon after all this time and jump up the weight class and going up against this guy in particular. I mean, just your your, your thoughts on, on how these two match up against each other. This is a very interesting stylistic matchup because you've never seen John have to fight somebody that understands distance. John is a savant at managing distance, controlling the tempo of the fight, making it his fight. So Real Gone has shown an ability to manage distance in the heavyweight division, unlike any other heavyweight has done, likens him to a John Jones. He's been so athletic, he has a bouncy stance, where what can give you some pause for caution is that John Jones is a very flat-footed fighter. John Jones' frame, the length, the reach, it's also there for heavyweight, but Surreal Gone is the natural heavyweight. People would say that there's a lack of one-punch power within Surreal Gone, but you see, you don't need that to be successful at heavyweight as he's been able to dissect competitors. He's a truly alien kind of entity within the heavyweight division. He has the cardio, he has the strength. You're kind of wondering to yourself, what could John look like as a heavyweight? And Surreal Gone has a lot of those attributes. That's why you would think he's a trickier entity. You, know, you, you, you brought up something there. A few, you brought up something there, Micah, a few minutes ago that that really uh, caught my attention. That I want to go back to on the side for Cyril Gone about the moment for him. You know, is the moment going to be too big? Because certainly, I mean, this is a media show. With all, it was so much of the attention on John Jones, but there's so much attention on this fight because of Cyril Gaon. But let's face it, so much of it being uh, with John Jones. So I mean, just get into that a little more, if you would, just uh, on this moment that that's kind of some new territory for Cyril Gaon as well. Cyril Gaon has fought for the interim title, fought for the unified title, and also got to be the headliner of the first UFC card in his home nation of France. So Real Gaon has started to put on the shoes and lace them up to know what it is to be the focal point of the promotion, to be a superstar. He is the biggest name in French MMA, to have helped get the sport legalized in that nation, and to be the most famous athlete competing from that nation. He has taken all that pressure in stride. I have never seen so much French media, obviously for the reason of Surreal Gun, to be here in attendance to think about the way that that country has embraced it, embraced the sport, loads of pressure on top of him, not to mention 
in all, you're coming to this fight not just to become the world heavyweight champion, but to beat the greatest fighter of all time. It's quite the load and a lot of pressure. But again, you don't see Surreal gone sweaty here at the press conference. Okay, Mike, I got to change the subject here. I'm seeing Twitter and I'm seeing pictures of you at a Vegas Knights game. How'd that happen? Last night, there's Vegas. There's a lot to do out here. Wasn't able to make it to media day after the wildest snowstorm I've ever drove through. And then we got to Las Vegas for some entertainment. Saw that the Golden Knights were playing the Hurricanes. And when you see two top three teams from each conference playing each other, went up to the fifth floor, hung out in the general admission area, and enjoy my first live hockey experience, an exciting game. The Knights put on a one-of-a-kind party atmosphere that is spectacular to get the crowd No, you took involved. great pictures. It was a lot of fun there, and to see a game that ends up 3-2 with a final goal scored by the Knights in the final four minutes, two goals in the third period, it was a blast. There's nothing like live hockey. That's pretty awesome. And and that's one of the things that, that the Golden Knights have hung their hats on since they were trying to sell people on hockey in Vegas in the first place. So glad you enjoyed that one, Micah. All right, before we let you get out of here, we got to close out as well. But a lot of the attention on John Jones and Cyril gone as the, the main event fight. But talk about eyes and attention and pressure. Valentina Shevchenko uh, returning to a UFC uh, pay-per-view card as well. Just uh, give us a little bit here your thoughts on, on her matchup in the, in the co-main event. Yeah, Valentina Shevchenko coming off of what many people felt was a loss to Talia Santos. Definitely the most challenging title defense of her career. This is, without a doubt, the greatest women's flyweight that we've seen in MMA looking to crash a threshold of title defenses that we've only seen. John Jones, Anderson Silva, Jose Aldo, and Demetrius Johnson hit these kind of numbers. A world-renowned superstar who traveled the world, even went to Tokyo, Japan, this time for her camp. Valentina Shevchenko is amazing, and it is very hard to find any holes in her armor. But on the other side, you have Alexa Grasso, Guadalajara, Mexico, fighting to become the first female champion from Mexico. A 4-0 record currently at 125 pounds. A superb boxer who has shown a evolution of her grappling since moving up to 125 pounds, but this is literally going to take something special to come out of Alexa to be able to dethrone Valentina at a point where people think there may be some holes starting to show at 34 years old. I think that's the kind of motivation that makes a hungry champion want to make a statement tomorrow night or Saturday night. Alright, we can hear uh, things really picking up in the background there. It's just about time for the face-offs uh, for these fighters. So, Michael, we'll let you get to that. Thanks so much for giving us a couple of minutes here, though, and uh, enjoy the rest of the time. Again, it's Micah Frankel, Cage Minds, and he's our MMA insider, our MMA correspondent here on Team Talk, ESPN Radio 1017, the team ahead of UFC 285, a little more than 48 hours from now, the long-awaited return of John Jones.